Okay, guys, uh, like Mike said, we are starting Genuine Community, this whole series, and um, it, it really is true. We, we decided for March we're going to put first things first, and one of the first and most important things about Foothills, like he said, are these home groups. So we're going to take the next three weeks, and we are going to talk on three different aspects of community. Today, we're going to be talking on the benefits of community. Then next week, Mike is going to talk on the barriers to community, and then the following week, Dave Hoffman will talk on the building blocks to community. So if there's three weeks and they're all going to build on each other. Oh, uh, did he let the kids go? Okay, uh, Mission 910 and middle school, you guys are, are down to go. I'm like talking and everybody's leaving. I'm like, what's going on? So three weeks. So basically, here's where we're at. Today, we're going to talk about um, uh, the good things about community. Next week, the hard, the issues with community. And then the following week, how to build community. So I want to encourage you guys, commit for the next three weeks. Try to make it here because each message builds off of each other. It's going to be a, a, a good time. So today, we're talking about the benefits to community. And I've learned, I, I've learned a tool. When I want to um, study and research something, I've learned a tool of how to get a deeper understanding of something like community. It's to understand the opposite. When we understand the opposite of something, then we get a deeper understanding of the thing that we are studying in the moment. What's the opposite of community? Loneliness, right? So in doing research for this message, I studied a lot about loneliness, and I want to give you some stuff about loneliness. So we're going to start by talking about loneliness. Now, I found out that loneliness is one of the greatest ailments to Americans right now. Not COVID, loneliness. Loneliness is. In fact, a UCLA study showed that loneliness in and of itself, not accompanied with other things, loneliness in and of itself can bring upon sickness, the hardening of your arteries, suicide, paranoia, cognitive decline, elbow your spouse and say, are you lonely? <laughs> Anxiety, fear, stress, addiction, a lot of other things. And while studying loneliness, loneliness, they did a study on fruit flies. We're not fruit flies. I'm not comparing us to fruit flies. But they did a study on fruit flies. And the study, they, they took all of the fruit flies right here and they isolated one. They're like, and grabbed it and moved it over here. And then they watched them. And they did the study multiple times and they watched that the isolated fruit fly, its health plummeted and it always died faster than the fruit flies that were in community. Loneliness is a real ailment. It's the number one factor in depression. 53% people, of people, 53 people, 53% 53 of people say they are lonely, be, I'm sorry, they are depressed because they are lonely. Harvard study says that loneliness affects your health like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It can take eight years off your life. It can increase your chance of coronary heart disease by 30%, increased chance of dementia by up to 64%. The University of Chicago did a study on loneliness and they found that loneliness is twice as bad for old people as obesity and almost a great a cause of death as poverty. Loneliness is a great ailment. 
To put it plain and simply, God never made us to be alone, amen? God has never made us to live life outside of a community of believers. It was, it was always his plan. It was always his purpose. Think about the very beginning, right? God created everything. He created man. And right before he took a nap, he did something else. I saw a shirt. It said, God takes naps. Be like God. <laughs> what did he do? He said something. He said, it is not good for man to be what? Alone. Alone. So he made Eve. God cares very much about community. In fact, at the very beginning of creation, he put into community. And, and we're gonna look at, at right now and through the next three weeks, we're gonna look at the, the beginning of the church, the beginning of the ecclesia, the gathering, the assembly. We're gonna look at what did God do in the very beginning? And, and we're gonna jump into Acts 2. But before we jump into Acts 2, let me remind you of, of where we're picking the story up. This is right after the Holy Spirit, Jesus had died, the Holy Spirit was given, tongues of fire on people. Peter gets up and he preaches that message, you guys remember, and 3,000 people are saved. Now what? Now what did they do? We're gonna pick it up right here at verse 42. And I want you to read this with both your mind and your heart. Read it and understand it, but also get the feeling of, of how they were feeling and what they were doing at the time deep inside. Acts 2 verse 42 says, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Like I said in the, vid in the video, they were devoting themselves to family. They were devoting themselves to community. They were devoting themselves to being, to being one, to doing things together, to having things in common for the very start of the church. And all those who had believed were together. Say together. And they had all things in common. Say in common. And they began selling their property and their possessions and they were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. And day by day, continuing with how many minds? One mind in the temple and the breaking of bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to the numbers day by day, those who were being saved. Listen, God's plan and purpose is and always has been community and fellowship. And the enemy's plan and purpose is and always has been loneliness and isolation. Just as God and the enemy are opposites and they have opposites uh, plans for, for your future, so are community and loneliness. They are antonyms. Where loneliness brings about physical sickness, community brings about wellness, doesn't it? Where loneliness births division, community brings about unity. God never made us to try and do life alone. Do you guys know that? He never created you with a purpose for you to be a lone ranger, to just say you and me, God, baby. He always made us to live together in unity. Let me grab something right here. I've got uh, this. Listen, um, you're, you're looking at this and you might be thinking uh, that is a shark jawbone. It's not. Let me tell you, when I was in high school, I had this made. When I was living with my, with my parents, I had this made. This is actually an exact replica, the, the actual size of my mom's mouth as she yelled at me and the brothers for being perfect. 
I don't know where my mom is right now, but. <laughs> I remember her teeth being a little bigger, but whatever, okay? I'm just kidding. Yes, this is a shark's jaw. And um, I got it off of Jim Dealing's office wall. This is not the only shark jaw that Jim Dealing has on his wall. He does a lot of counseling in his office and he just wants to scare everybody before they get in there. It helps us. Let me tell you something interesting about sharks. This is an interesting, interesting thing about them is that a shark will only grow to the size that the, of its environment. It will only grow as big as its environment allows it to grow. So let me explain what I mean. If you take a baby shark, do, 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 right? <laughs> and you, I did that Saturday night in an accident. I haven't been able to get it out of my head. Um, but if you take two baby sharks, do, 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 and you take one and you, you tag it and you leave it out into the open ocean, okay? And it swims out there and you take the other, its brother, and you put it in an aquarium. What you'll see in five years is that you'll go out and you'll bring in the shark that you tagged that was out in this huge open ocean and it will be big and it'll be ferocious and it will be living up to its full potential. It will be the scare of the sea. It will be the worry of San Diego tourists, right? But when you go find the shark that was inside the aquarium, it won't be nearly as big as its brother because a shark will only grow to the size that its environment allows. Now, we are the exact same way. We will only grow, maybe not physically, but spiritually and emotionally. We will only grow to matter and success as big as the environment that we surround ourselves with. If I lone ranger my life, just me and, and my wife and my family and no one else, or, or me and just myself, it doesn't matter. If I, if I stop my community there, then I only have enough hope that I can dr uh, drive up out of my own being. Is that true? I only have enough encouragement that I can encourage myself with. I only have enough strength that I physically possess. I only have enough drive as I can drive. But like a shark, if we enlarge our environment, we become part of a community. Now, now, listen, I'm not talking about part of a crowd, right? See, a crowd is different. A crowd, you can be in a crowd and feel even lonelier. Is that true? I'm not talking about being part of a crowd. I'm talking about being part of a community of people who love you and know you and help you. When you open up your environment like that, then it's not about the hope that I can drive up. It's about the hope that the, that the people in my community can feed me, right? It's not about how I can encourage myself. It's about how my community can encourage me. It's about when the storms come and I'm falling, that they're picking me up. It's no longer about my strength. It's about our strength together. Do you understand? We're only gonna grow as big as our environment allows us to. We are all better when we're together. That sounds like a country song. We're all better when we're together, why? because that is how God made it to be. Think about flies, regular flies. You ever seen one fly in your house? Never. I've never had one fly. It, my house goes like this, zero flies, zero flies, zero flies, one billion flies. 
I know you guys, I mean, my kids feed the flies, obviously, so that's part of my problem. But why is it like that? With flies, there's none, life's good, all is wonderful, quick, Heather, burn down our house, there's too many flies, right? You wanna know the thing about flies that makes them so problematic? Because if we had one fly, we wouldn't care. You wanna know makes, well, you wanna know what makes them so problematic? Flies are good at community, aren't they? You never see them without each other. You know, I think that that is, the, that is the entire message. We need to be good at community. I wanna talk about four benefits to community. We're gonna find all four benefits in one passage, Mark 2. We're gonna read one through five, the story of the paralytic man, and we're gonna see four benefits. There's more than just these four, but these are the four that we're gonna look at today. Mark 2, one through five says this. It says, when he, Jesus, had come back to Capernaum several days afterwards, it was heard that he was at home and many were gathered together. So there was no longer room, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. And they came bringing him a paralytic man carried by four men, being unable to get to him because of the crowd. Say because of the crowd. It's an important part of this story. They couldn't get to Jesus. Why? Because of the crowd. They removed the roof above him went up to the roof, and when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic man was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And later on, and then just moments later, he says, so pick up your pallet and walk, and the man was healed. You guys just reminded, this is not in any of my other services, but I was just reminded, uh, you know, opening up the roof. I had a home group at my house one time, and uh, this is me getting off my notes right now. And this guy named Jared was at a, was praying with us to start. And he says, Lord, we pray that you would, this is in my house. We pray that you would literally blow the roof off of this house. And I'm like, no, Lord, figuratively. We prayed figuratively do that. Jesus's roof literally got blown off, pulled off. Okay, now back onto my notes, sorry. Okay, so the first, the first, benefit of community that I want to talk about in this story is this, that community means that we are no longer alone. Listen, if, if loneliness is the great ailment, then community is the great medication. And I want to talk to you real quick. If you're in here and you're alone, in fact, actually, let me tell you a story of what happened last service. There's a lady and she was never been to our church before. She was driving to Home Depot. I just, someone just told me a story that got to pray with him, Joanne Dennison. She went to home, she was going to Home Depot for some stuff and she just felt just the loneliness around her. And she just needed to be with where there was other people. So she randomly drove to this church, sat in this seat. And I talked about loneliness and community this whole time. She was just bawling before the Lord. Listen, God cares so much about those that are lonely because you don't need to be lonely. He didn't create you to be that way. He created you to live in fellowship and community with other believers. This Sunday may be your day. This Sunday, you're gonna have a chance to do two things. Number one, to come up here and pray and tell God that you don't wanna be lonely anymore and you're gonna take the steps to find community here. And like Mike said earlier, every single one of us is gonna have the chance to go out those doors today. Just, I'm not gonna tell you how long from right now because I can't do the math. Upstage, to go out of those doors and find community. You know, you're sitting in here, you might just be part of the crowd, but you are gonna have a chance to go out those doors, find a home group, and commit to going to it. 
Community means that you are no longer alone. We need to start giving up the community for the crowd. See, it's the most natural thing to do. It's natural to feel like the more people I'm around, the less lonely I feel. But isn't it work the exact opposite? Sometimes the more people you're around, the more lonely you can feel because we've given up quality for quantity. But community and loneliness have nothing to do with quantity. They have everything to do with quality. We have misunderstood loneliness. Being known, just being known, does not take you out of loneliness. Being loved takes you out of loneliness. You know that? When you get involved with people who love you and you love them back, that is what takes you out. I want to tell you a story about um, a family I met. And I want to use this story, this was years ago, because I love what the man said. Um, This was the Olson family, Matt and Joy Olson. Uh, a number of years ago, I met them uh, outside in this courtyard. And uh, I went up to them and I introduced myself to them. Hey, my name's Neil. Are you guys, are you guys new here? I haven't, I haven't really seen you guys before. And they said what I'm always dreading people are gonna say. We've, well, we've, we've been here for three years. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I'm a jerk, sorry, right? And he says, this is what Matt says. Matt says, no, no, it's all right. Don't worry about it. We've kind of been hiding in the shadows. I'm like, oh, you're ninjas. <laughs> That's not what he meant. What did he mean? He meant, we've been here for three years, but we haven't gotten involved. We haven't connected with people. We haven't met people. We haven't talked. We haven't stepped forward. We haven't gotten part of a, of a home group. What he said is, we've been coming to Foothills, but we've never became Foothills. You guys understand that. There's a difference, isn't there? We've never jumped in. We've never volunteered for anything. We've kind of done the whole come, uh, come late, leave early thing. You guys know what I'm talking about because that's the most natural thing for us to do is to guard ourselves. And so in that moment, I told him, I just said, you know, guys, like we would, we would love to get to know you. It's time to get out of the shadows, to, to stand in the sun, to get some vitamin D. Like it's time to, to let your church become your church. It's time to, to branch out. You know, you're, you're just gonna be invisible in a crowd of people, but I'm telling you right now, we wanna know you. So that day they, they went home and Matt tells his wife, he says, you know, I think Neil's right, which is, I think, the best way to start any sentence, right? <laughs> he asked me. He says, I think Neil's right. I think it's time for us to take a step out, get out of the shadows and, and try. And so they both decided they would. And, and they did. They, uh, he decided that he would start Royal Rangers with, with the Royal Rangers group. His, I think he went to Royal Rangers when he was a kid. And he wanted to take his kids, they have three of them, through Royal Rangers. And that was his first step into community. That was what he, the step that he took. And, and Joy, her first step, she got involved in uh, Everyday Moms. It was called Mommies back then. And, and she got involved there. And, and pretty soon they had found themselves in a community of people who loved them and they loved, they loved, who loved them and... They loved back. That's a good part. That's an important part of community is loving the people back and being connected back. And they started, they started growing. It's been really good for them. You know, they, they come to everything now. I joke, they're, they're everywhere. Our biggest problem is just getting them to stop coming around, right? <laughs> because community changed their family structure. I, I've learned this, that, that people don't grow anywhere near as fast through listening to preaching as they do when they enter into community. So my question to you, are you ready to stop being alone? Are you ready to stop just being part 
of the crowd. Are you ready to go beyond the crowd and get what God has really given you? Uh, the next one uh, that I want to talk about, the next uh, benefit to community that we find inside the story is that community means nothing is too big. So think about this paralytic. Could he get into the room to Jesus? The situation was too big, right? There's no way for the paralytic, if he was lone rangering his life, like so many of us do, for him to get the fullness of what God had for his life. He was not going to be able to get into uh, see Jesus. He was not going to get his healing. He was not going to become everything that God had made and called him to be. He was going to stop short because things were too big. But when you're in community, nothing is too big. Let me tell you about the sequoias. The sequoia trees are, are pretty incredible. We get to see them. They're, they're just local up north to us. My dad took me as, as a kid. I've taken my kids. These trees are huge. They're 300. In fact, the biggest one is 380 feet tall. That's over a football field, straight up, 380 feet tall. They're somewhere between 16 and 20 feet thick. These trees are huge and they're old. They're 3,000 years old. These trees were at the birth of Willie Nelson, okay? <laughs> That's how old these things are. Now, let me tell you something. I, younger people are like, Willie Nelson, who's that? He's the oldest guy you can think of. Okay, so listen, what happens is a lot of times what, what, the, what trees do, and trees are big and old like this, they usually have these really deep root systems because uh, uh, deep roots help them um, live through droughts. Um, and, and also, and even more importantly, deep roots help trees not, not fall over when there's great storms. And these trees are huge. So when the storms and the winds come, these trees are easily knocked over if they don't have deep root systems. But what is unique to the sequoia tree is that the sequoia tree does not have a deep root system. Sequoia trees have shallow root systems that just shoot out from the trees. But here's what's interesting. They shoot out to the trees and they intertwine with all the other trees' roots. You'll never see a sequoia tree big and growing where there's not a grove of them because, listen, their roots grow out and hold each other up. Amen. They hold each other from falling down. And then their branches reach out and they touch each other and they hold each other from being pushed down in the wind. No storm is too great for the sequoia trees because they have community. Listen, in our life, it's the same way. You guys know we go through storms, we go through hardships, uh, hurt and, and, and breakup and loss are, are gonna hit every single one of our lives and always have. But the question is not if or when the storm comes. The question is, do you have people in your life that will keep you from falling, that will help you stand, that will be there in those dark and hard times to keep you from breaking down? I'm gonna tell you there's this idea that God will not allow you to go through something too big. Can I just say, I think that's baloney, okay? I think it's baloney, that that is not true. Here's why, because I've been through things that I couldn't handle, that I just wasn't, I'm gonna talk about one at the end, that I was not big enough or strong enough to handle, but because I was in community, because I had other people to hold me up, I made it through it. Ecclesiastes 4, 
Wait, no. First off, the lame man would never have experienced this healing because it was too great a hurdle. But he had four people. He was in community with four people. Four people were with him that helped bring him to his healing, that helped him get to where Jesus was. We need other people to help us to see the Jesus inside of our lives and inside of our circumstances. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says this. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls where there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if anyone can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. What is the scripture saying? It's saying two are better than one. And, and that's really always the case. Two are better than one. I, I remember when, um, when I had my first child. Think about your first child. You had, I had um, whatever, first child syndrome. We all had it, right? First child syndrome is like any peep you hear from the, that room, you run in there and like, oh, are you okay, right? By fifth child, you have the room soundproofed and the door padlocked, right? <laughs> like just stay in there and be quiet. So this is, this is first kid syndrome. And I walk into Gavin, my, old, my, my first kid, first child, I walk into his room and he's in the crib and he's laying down this little tiny baby and he's got a pool of blood around his mouth. And I immediately flip out. I did not know I was bad when my kids get blood, but I am, I'm not that good at it. And I don't know what to do. And I, I remember just picking him up and running down our hallway in our upstairs yelling, Heather, blood, blood. I mean, I was about ready to call the coroner. I didn't know what to do. And I remember my wife so calmly, so without any emotion, just walks up, pulls um, Gavin out, walks to the bathroom, you know, pads his mouth till she finds it. It's just a little tiny cut. It was like the top, smallest thing ever. I was so embarrassed. Still am. I shouldn't tell that story. But it's good having someone else. It is good having other people with us. Then it says where, two, where one falls, the other one is there to lift him up. Not falls on the ground, but falls in life falls while, while they're going through things, that they're too heavy on their back and it brings them down. It is so great to have someone else that picks you up, that feeds you hope, feeds you faith, feeds you strength. It talks about where two lie down together, they keep warm. Not the time or the place to illustrate that, right? God made us to live together in unity. Because not only does it mean we're not alone, it means that nothing is too big. Let's go to the third one. The third benefit of uh, community is that community makes us more effective. We can do more. We can go further. We can stand stronger. We can stand longer. It makes us more effective. I remember this uh, Charlie Brown comic. And in the comic, you guys remember uh, Lucy, mean old Lucy, right? How many of you guys have a Lucy in your life, right? But if you, if you remember Lucy, uh, she walks into this room where Linus was watching TV. And she says, change the channel right now. And Linus says, who gave you the idea that you could just walk in and demand me to change the TV? And Lucy puts up her hand. She says, see these five fingers? All by themselves, they're not that impressive. 
But when they come together to form one unit, they become a, a power for destruction. The next comic is Linus saying, what channel do you want? <laughs> and then the next comic is Linus walking out of the round, rent room, looking at his hand saying, why can't you guys get organized like that? <laughs> Listen, what if we got organized like that? What if you got organized like that? A community of people coming together. You will be more effective at your purpose. We will be more effective at our purpose. More people would come to God. More things would happen. Because when you're in community with other people, uh, it's, it's the way that God made it. You're not intimidated because you have other people surrounding you and helping you. You know, like I said earlier, we, the problem is we get this idea of individualized Christianity. Most of the time in the Bible, God talks about us as a whole. Do you guys know that? What, by a hundred times more, God talks about us as a people, as a whole. Not often is he talking about you, Neil, this thing that I'm saying. It's more like you, my people. It's what he does. We are not lone rangers. It's not you and me, Jesus, baby. You know that? Listen, if, if you are not in community, then you're robbing yourself of God's plans for your life. You're robbing yourself of being an effective Christian in the community that God has placed you. You'll never reach your full potential. You'll never be the best you that you can be if you are living outside of community, if you are lone rangering it. Fourth, fourth and last benefit of community I wanna talk about today, but this is my favorite, is that community engages the faith of others. Community engages the faith of others. Let's go back to that, that uh, passage, that story. We're gonna look at verse five. Mark two, verse five, it says this. And we have to pay attention to this. And Jesus seeing whose faith? Jesus seeing whose faith? Okay, let's paint this picture real quick because this is important. Jesus right at this point is standing in his house. The roof has been pulled off. The man, paralytic man, is laying before him. Can I tell you something about Jesus? Jesus is not confused by pronouns. He doesn't get his pronouns wrong. He's not confused. He didn't look down and say, seeing their faith. You guys know that, right? <laughs> Whose faith did he see? Their faith. That's powerful. Think about this. Seeing their faith, he healed this man. Community engages the faith of others in our lives. Um, listen, what the heck? Listen, are you glad, aren't you glad that other people's prayers are heard for your life? Aren't you glad that those times in your life when you have community, that people hear what's going on, they engage in praying for you and it matters? Aren't you glad, maybe you have a prodigal in here, that you can pray for your prodigal and you know it matters? You know that God changes things. You know that he works. Listen, being in community engages 
others and their faith and their help and their prayers in your life. If you are not in community, then you are robbing yourself of other people's prayers. You hear that? If you're not in community, then you're robbing other people's of your prayers. Prayer, I'm sorry, uh, community engages the faith of others. So this is great. This is wonderful, Neil. But I don't have community. Let me, let me tell you this, that a key, the key to receiving the benefits of community is building it before you need it. I'm gonna say that again. The, the key to building community is, is uh, building it before you need it. 2 Corinthians 9, 16 says this. It's, it says that in order to receive the blessings of God, you have to first put out the, the groundwork. You have to do the work before you get there. 2 Corinthians 9, 16 says this, uh, and now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. This, this is true. If you only put a little bit into community, you're only gonna get a little bit back. If you only love people a little bit, you're only gonna receive a little love back. If you only step out a little bit, then you're only going to receive a little bit. Do you guys get this? But if you sow bountifully, you will also reap bountifully. Look, putting in the work to community is hard, but the payout is huge. Here's my question. What have you sowed into community? What have you done? Have you got involved in a home group? Do you go to the men's ministry things or the, the women's ministry things? Have you, have you volunteered? You don't even have to go to a group. When you volunteer at some of the things that we have at this church, you'll see community start coming around you. What have you done? Or like Matt and Joy Olson, have you been hiding in the shadows? I tell you, we've made it really easy this month for you to come out of the shadows, for you to step out and to find belonging inside of this church. This is a big church. It's easy to just disappear into the crowd. That's why we work so hard at putting so, we have, oh, I think we have over 50 home groups in this church. It is so important to get involved in them because that is the way to become foothills, not just go to foothills. I wanna tell you a story about my life. I'm gonna end with this. I wanna tell you about community and how it, how it came to me and my wife and my kids. See, May 21st, 2014 was the worst day of my entire life. I pray I will never experience a day like May 21st, 2014. We were about to have my fourth kid and we were laboring at home and my wife's uterus ruptured. And what that means is it just ripped right open inside of her stomach. And just to, for, to put this in perspective, not everybody knows this story, but when that happens, a lot of women die. In fact, women that are in the hospital don't make it to the operating room many times. And I was at my house and my wife was at, her, at my house in El Cajon. We called 911 and an ambulance came. They wouldn't even put me in the back with her. They had to put me up in the cab. And they had three guys in the back of this ambulance trying to keep my wife and my son alive. Two of the most important people in this world alive. I didn't know on that drive if my wife, if, 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 if she was even with us anymore. 
We get to the hospital. This is, this is a time of despair. Let me tell you, sadness like I've never experienced before. Hurt like I've never known before. Earlier in this message, I told you I've went through things that were bigger than me. This was the bigger than me. And I remember we come into the, the hospital and they put me in this room and they race my wife off to get uh, emergency surgery. And I'm just praying in that room. I'm calling on God, don't take everything from me. I'm crying like I've never cried before. And that's when my community came in. Because I will tell you this, that the word went out of what was going on and the prayers of the people that I had been connected with, that I had been putting the time in, that I had been loving, started loving me back. It was that day. See, I'd always thought that I was gonna be the guy that would help take the, par the people in need, rip off the roof and send them down to Jesus. But that day, my, my entire family found ourselves on that cot. And my community was around me and around us bringing us down. Do you have that community that will do that? And I was sitting in that, that, that room and despair and hurt and anguish was here, but so was God's comfort because I wasn't alone. It wasn't too big because I had other people that were there with me. My wife ends up getting out of surgery, miraculously saved and fine. In fact, the doctor, the surgeon said that my son Ryden's head was pushed up against the opening so tight that it cut off the blood flow and she didn't bleed out. My son saved my wife. But my son did not get the same prognosis. He went 43 minutes without, with insufficient oxygen to his brain. When he was born, they had to resuscitate him. He was born and, and they believed that he was completely brain dead. They took him immediately off to NICU of a different hospital. When we got out, 24 hours, my wife was out. It was a miracle. We go straight to the NICU to be with my son. Let me tell you about the NICU. There's two different sides to the NICU. There's the side where everyone's happy and like flowers are growing and there's joy. There, what's going on is on this side of the NICU, let's have the band out here. On this side of the NICU, people are holding their babies. They're just preemies. They're waiting for them to grow uh, fully. They're, and they get to walk them around the NICU and there's joy. On the other side of the NICU, it's not the same. It feels dark, cold. Because the, the people on this side of the NICU, their kids are in these glass boxes. These are the bad cases. They can't feel the baby. They can't touch their baby. And their, their babies are basically... None, they're not, not aware. They've got hundreds, no, hundreds, they got five, 10 machines going in their mouse and up their nose. And I remember my son, all these machines and he was on this pad and this pad was made to keep him in a hypothermic state to slow down his body's need for oxygen because it wasn't there. Just think about looking at your baby. You haven't held, you haven't touched and he's in a hypothermic state, naked, on, on that, that pad with these things. It was so hard. But, but let me tell you, my community was there for us the whole time, constantly getting texts. We're praying for you. And I could feel the prayers. Heather could feel the prayers. We had to be in that NICU for a long time. But I'll tell you this, when we went home, many times when we got home, lots of times, there would just be groceries on my doorstep. 
because people would come, people that I was in community with would go buy us groceries because they knew that life doesn't get to stop when, when the pain comes, does it? Neil and Heather and Neil's kids, they still have to eat. So they went out and they bought us groceries because they knew we didn't have this in a, it in us to go buy groceries. So they would drop it at our doorstep when we got home. We had dinners given to us for weeks because the honest truth is we would get home from the NICU. We'd have no emotion. Uh, uh, our emotions were spent. We couldn't even imagine trying to plan a meal. So we would have, our community would come in. They'd fill us, they'd give us a meal. We had babysitting. We still had three kids at home. We had a dying kid at the NICU. We had babies. Guess how hard is it to find a babysitter? But yet our community is calling us saying, hey, we want to come. We, can we babysit for you while you guys go? And they would, never, they would never let us pay. And we got gifts, Starbucks cars, devotionals, gifts baskets, because we had poured in to community and community was pouring back. I remember specifically Rick and Diane Turrieta and Ken and Lexi coming to our house with baskets full of toys for the three other kids that I had. They were filling in in places that I couldn't. Drew and Lauren Miles and many other were fasting and praying for my family. Chris Graham would come and she'd clean our house. And let me just tell you, when, when, you're, when your life is in chaos, but you go home and your house is not in chaos, it's clean, there's comfort in that. We had a good, good community. Abigail Brewer and Amanda Bender made blankets for my little son Ryden once he got off the um, the. The pad, Monica Hunter never stopped being a blessing. And so many others, we would get emails and texts and messages of people saying that they had visions and dreams about my son. Every time when, when, when we were done praying, we could pray no more. You ever been to a point where you just can pray no more? You just, you can't even ask God for one more thing. We would open up our phones, put our hands on our son and pray the texts. Uh, uh, look at our texts of, of prayers that people sent us. Listen, when you're in community, nothing is too big. Let me just tell you that right now. Can I tell you something neat about this story? We went home on hospice. And, and I even think about the Bennetts. The entire Bennett family has just been in this entire thing for the long suffering the whole way through. When we went home on hospice, we were told our son was gonna die. May 21st, 2014. This May 21st, he's gonna be nine years old. Isn't that great? God had different plans. Let's stand up. God had different plans. Listen, that was a situation that was just too big for us. That is exactly what happens when we enter into community. It is exactly what happens when we decide to lay the groundwork out. Go out there, get involved in your home group. You will find that your home group will fill a lot of those places for you. The benefits to community don't stop with those four. They keep going. 